It's Saturday, September the 11th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, a new government in Lebanon and a shake-up to Apple's App Store. First, the week in brief. A federal judge in California ruled that Apple can no longer prohibit app developers from seeking customers' direct payment for in-app purchases. The judgment was a victory for Epic Games, which makes Fortnite a popular video game. The iPhone maker charges commissions of up to 30% on such transactions, a levy that critics say is anti-competitive. Joe Biden marked the 20th anniversary of 9-11, saying that the events of that day had proved the, quote, unity of the American people. The president also paid tribute to the 2,977 people who died in the attacks and the emergency workers that responded. Later today, Mr Biden will visit Ground Zero, the Pentagon and Shanksville, Pennsylvania, all scenes of carnage on this day in 2001. Gazprom, the Kremlin-backed energy firm, said it had completed construction of the Nord Stream 2 natural gas pipeline from Russia to Germany. The project will have to undergo technical testing, which could take several months, before it becomes operational. America heatedly opposed the pipeline, arguing that it will increase European reliance on Russian energy and, by bypassing Ukraine, leave that country vulnerable to Russian pressure. A new government was formed in Lebanon, led by Najib Makati, the country's richest man, ending 13 months of political deadlock. The previous administration quit days after an explosion ripped through Beirut's port last year, a disaster largely blamed on government incompetence and corruption. Mr Makati's intra is daunting. The currency has all but collapsed and three quarters of the population live below the poverty line. The African Union suspended Guinea from its, quote, activities and decision-making bodies after a coup in the West African country last Sunday. The president, Alpha Conde, was arrested as elements of the military seized power. The Economic Community of West African States, a regional body which suspended Guinea yesterday, said it will send a mission there to evaluate the situation. America's Centers for Disease Control and Prevention released a study showing that Moderna's COVID-19 vaccine was 95% effective at preventing hospitalisation, compared with 80% for Pfizer-BioNTech's and 60% for Johnson & Johnson's. A separate study demonstrated that unvaccinated people were 11 times more likely to die of the disease than those who were fully jabbed. China lobbied Australia to help it join the Comprehensive and Progressive Agreement for Trans-Pacific Partnership, a major regional trade pact, despite fraying relations between the countries. Last May, China showered sanctions on Australia after it called for an international investigation into the origins of COVID-19. Now, to butter the country up, China has emphasised the benefits of existing trade deals. And word of the week. Cuddle muddle. Noun. A German word meaning total chaos. Cynics might use it to describe the country's muddled approach to foreign policy. Its military deployment in Afghanistan may have been motivated by Weltschmerz, sadness about the injustices of the world, but the withdrawal has left a bitter taste in Germans' mouths in the run-up to federal elections this month. And now, here's today's agenda. The Kindness of Strangers 
come from away. Shortly after planes crashed into the World Trade Center on September 11, 2001, American airspace closed. Around 500 planes were en route to North America. Canada launched Operation Yellow Ribbon, diverting almost half the flights to its own provincial or military airports. Of those, 38 planes carrying almost 7,000 people landed at Ganda in the province of Newfoundland and Labrador. Residents of the small town, with a population of around 11,000, opened their homes to the stranded passengers. Irene Sankoff and David Hine, two composer-lyricists, visited Ganda on the 10th anniversary of 9-11 and interviewed those affected. They turned those poignant experiences into Come From Away, a hit musical. Yesterday, Apple TV Plus released a film of a performance at the Gerald Schoenfeld Theatre in New York, marking the 20th anniversary of the attacks. It is both tragic and uplifting. We honour what was lost, Gander's mayor says in the musical, but we also commemorate what we found. Reaching for the stars. Weibo bans superfans. This week, Weibo, a Chinese social media site similar to Twitter, suspended several K-pop fan accounts for, quote, irrational, star-chasing behaviour. Devotees of Park Ji-min, a member of BTS, a South Korean boy band, crowdfunded on the platform so they could plaster the singer's face on an aeroplane for his birthday. Weibo's popularity, it has 566 million active users, is built in part on Chaohua, super hashtags for celebrity enthusiasts. But now the site has vowed to, quote, intensify regulation of fan culture to, quote, purify the online environment. Its recent steps echo the sentiments of the Cyberspace Administration of China, a regulator that is committed to reining in the, quote, chaos of online fan clubs. China's entertainment industry has found itself at the centre of a nationwide clampdown in recent months. Last week, the country's media regulator condemned, quote, vulgar internet celebrities and promised to promote a, quote, correct beauty standard for men, conforming to macho ideals. Bizarrely, it also decried performers who are, quote, overly entertaining. Space Oddity The International Space Station Every day, the International Space Station orbits Earth 16 times. Suspended 250 miles, 402 kilometres above the planet's surface, it drifts over 90% of the world's population. But of those billions, only 244 people have ever stepped aboard. In The Wonderful, a documentary released yesterday, some of those lucky few speak affectionately of their time on the station. They hail from over a dozen countries. The ISS has been a multinational venture since it began its continuous orbit in 2000. Russians ponder the legacy of Yuri Gagarin, the first man in space. American astronauts remember when, less than a year into the ISS's mission, they watched a smoke plume envelop New York during the attacks of September 11, 2001. The Wonderful will reaffirm affection for the ISS at a time when its fitness has been questioned. Last week, cosmonauts found cracks in the 408-ton structure. Sadly, good feelings alone will not guarantee its future. Ice Age Maps 
The North Sea's Hidden Landscape Tens of thousands of years ago, much of Britain and Western Europe were sheathed in ice. Those vast glacial sheets left scars on the earth, the last traces of their presence. But as the millennia passed, even those marks were buried beneath the earth's surface by layers of sediment. Now, British Antarctic Survey researchers have used sound waves to create detailed 3D scans of Ice Age landscapes hundreds of metres beneath the North Sea's floor. The images, published in the journal Geology, reveal a spectacular network of miles-wide channels, the ghosts of ancient subglacial rivers. As temperatures rose and the ice sheets thawed, meltwaters carved these so-called, quote, tunnel valleys. Harsh conditions in Greenland and Antarctica make data on deglaciation difficult to obtain. For climate scientists, these undersea MRI scans can offer understanding into how melting sea ice behaves. A glimpse then, not only back in time, but also into a future, warmer world. Saturday Profile Olivia Ronan Lawyer Defending Paris Terrorist The biggest criminal trial France has ever held began in Paris on September 8th in a specially built courtroom surrounded by police. Among those in the dock is Salah Abdusalam, the only surviving member of the assailant groups that carried out attacks on the Bataclan concert venue, several cafes and at the Stade de France on November 13th, 2015. With 130 murdered in a single evening, it was the most deadly terrorist attack that the country has known. The lawyer with the unenviable job of defending Mr. Abdusalam is Olivia Ronan. Aged 31, Miss Ronan is a virtually unknown figure in France, having been admitted to the Paris bar in 2016. But this is not the first time she has defended those on terrorism charges. In 2018, she represented Erwan Guyard, a French convert to Islam who left for jihad in Syria. Another of her clients, accused of terrorist-linked offences in connection with an attack in Nice in 2016, committed suicide in prison before his trial. To those who ask how she can defend terrorists, Miss Ronan told French Radio, quote, I always try to make people understand that even people we call terrorists are ordinary people who, at one point, go off the rails. Mr. Abdusalam is only one of 20 suspects on trial. 13 others are also present in the dock. Five are presumed dead, and one is behind bars in Turkey. Mr. Abdusalam specifically requested that Miss Ronan represent him, and she took charge of the defence team after its more senior member fell out with the defendant. She is assisted by another young lawyer, Martin Vettes. Over the coming eight months, Miss Ronan and her client will be at the centre of a trial that revives the horror of the event in 2015. Mr. Abdusalam's first words in court angered survivors. After describing his profession as a, quote, fighter for Islamic State, he accused prison authorities of treating him and fellow inmates, quote, like dogs. As the trial proceeds, it will be as difficult for survivors to face and listen to the prime suspect as it will doubtless be for Miss Ronan to defend him. Finally, here's the quote of the day from O. Henry, who was born on this day in 1862. Inject a few raisins of conversation into the tasteless dough of existence. 
That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening. Thank you.